This is JFM Podcast. A very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak and I'm a beautiful uh, Wednesday evening, 12th of July 2023. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening and how's it going? How's your day? Smooth. Um, I'm having a smooth day. Uh, largely interesting because I've had cause to laugh, to smile at different you know, issues and events that have unfolded basically around me. So um, it's one that I haven't had in a long while. These things happen, but they don't happen as frequent as, you know, they've happened to me before. But um, I think it's something to cherish. Um, by the way, it was Malobi's birthday yesterday, Mr. Malobi's birthday, as well as our colleague, Emeka Omesi. Yeah. And today is Sam's Gyadzon's birthday as well. Um, I would j- let's you know just attempt to check out the time and wish them, and I think Some they understand. Freedom. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, apologies. Uh, well, we didn't. We didn't uh, wish you happy, but they are on your special day. But yeah. happy birthday to all of you, especially those that Gilbert mentioned their names. Well, Gilbert, uh, I mean, what stories have you been following? Um, the Kaduna State, I, I don't know why the wave of insecurity is, is all over the place. Yeah, well, before be, yeah, before you talked about you, yeah. you talked about that. I would like to wish the wife of uh, the member of Zentirium State Constituency, uh, that is Miss Dr. Mrs. Rahila Timothy Dantong. Dr. Mrs. Rahila Timothy Dantong, that's uh, the wife to the member representing Riam State Constituency, Honorable Timothy Dantong. I pray that God will bless you more immensely. Uh, I mean, Honorable Timothy Dantong is someone that is very passionate, you know, about people and those that he serves. And I know that uh, you are a great support, you are a great pillar to him uh, as a wife uh, and as a mother as well. So may God bless you with good health, long life, and prosperity. And of course, for you to enjoy uh, the blessings of marriage because it's a beautiful thing. Well, happy birthday to you, Dr. Mrs. Rahila. We wish her well. Dantong. We wish her well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, security, the wave of insecurity. Benue, you know, it's the same song they're singing. Kaduna is calling for more military power, a military personnel. And if you want to look at the military institutions situated in Kaduna State alone, um, I think it's ironical that they're having to complain about these issues because they're, they're the heartbeat of our military. Look at the NMTC. You know, look at, I mean, you just can't mention them enough mm. if you want to go out, go by. But you begin to wonder, at some point, we even have events that happened inside of the NDA where some, you know, <laughs> some of these bandits went there to abduct guards Soldiers, on duty. Yeah. Do you understand? So, you... Good, yeah, Major, thank you. So um, one begins to wonder what's happening. And the president has to 
I have to understand the enormity of the job on his table right now because the issues are just unfolding. It's as if there has not been any change. We just had an election and everybody moved on. The bandits as well moved on. It's life, go, let life go on for them as well. So these things can't continue. I think something has to be done differently. Aside the fact that everyone would speak about the same issues and then it appear that we're moving, you know, and another one happens, we still come to speak about these press statements, are issued counter-press. I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I honestly think, Gilbert, that we should change our th- uh, tactic. We should uh, think differently, you know, especially around the issue of insecurity uh, because it shows that maybe and this is not to say that the military aren't doing enough. They are doing enough, you know. Uh, but again, I, I would suggest, and I'm a layman when mm-hmm. it comes to security True. issues, but uh, one thing that I do know is repeating the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. That is what Albert Einstein will call uh, insanity. Insanity. So uh, I think that the military should sit down and, you know, uh, re-strategize. If these people are aliens coming to kill Nigerians, then we should know that, okay, this is a full-scale war. And then maybe the military will say, villagers, vacate your villages, let's be in the villages, and if these attackers come, we're going to give them fire for fire. But as it is right now, it's like uh, the more people call for military help, the more people are being killed. And it shows that maybe we're not doing... Uh, there's something that we're, we're not, not doing, doing that rightly. is, yeah, true, yeah. True. I, so for me, let's, uh, I mean, let's, uh, and that is how for me, I, I think that life should be lived. You shouldn't, you know, always I, 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 rely I, on a single strategy yeah, or that routine. doesn't produce or routine a desirable outcome. And it was Buratayo who first, you know, spoke about or laid emphasis on this issue of asymmetric warfare. You know that the, our military iron used to come, um, I used to just the conventional warfare, and that's. Why why their performances in such regards are producing, you know, fantastic results and output or outcomes. And you ask the question, it's been how many years? Haven't we been able to understand or to strategize on how to go about handling an asymmetric issue, a guerrilla warfare, like they want to put it ordinarily? So it's something I, I don't want to believe that this has lingered for so long a time. And then we haven't been able to find, in house they call it Bakinzeri. That's when, you know, you're beginning to know where your problem is lying and then trying to ado- adopt a solution. It's... It's like a song that repeatedly you, you 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 keep hearing, and I mean you just get bored. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm suggesting that the change of review. Like I always say that I'm not a military expert, but one thing I do know is that the strategy being adopted by the military, uh, it appears that maybe the bandit or the bad guys know uh, some of this strategy, and it calls for review and rethinking. You know. Uh, over some of these security measures again because, I mean, 200 million people cannot should provide security for themselves. And if anybody is coming outside, uh, uh, then that person should be dealt with. I mean, I know that crime is very functional in society, but if crime, same pattern of crime keeps it reoccurring, that some people with semi-automatic weapons, you know, will go to our hinterlands or villages, kill people, uh, have a field day, and then, you know, go back without meeting any force, then it shows that we have a huge problem. Well, that will be our major topic for today. I'm very happy that we have excellent guests this evening to help us to understand the issue. But, Gilbert, I don't know if you saw a press statement by a group, Concerned Plateau APC Consolidation Vanguard, PACV. I mean, 
they were disputing the transition uh, committee report and of course the four-year strategic uh, committee that uh, Governor Mutfang, you know, uh, commissioned, you know, to bring out a blueprint, a four-year blueprint, you know, for plan to state. They put out a statement, you know, uh, I would say, saying that, no, the debt profile of plan to state is not $307 billion, uh, as reported in that transition. When I read the statement, I said, well, interesting, you know, rebuttal, but I think that uh, for this group, Permit me to use the the the, uh, the term, you know, nonsensical, because right now we're talking about lives. We're talking about insecurity. We're not talking about uh, whether how much is the debt profile or because they all want to bring politics, you know, to take off people's, you know, attention. What I want the opposition that's to insensitive. do. Yes. That's insensitive. That's why I say it's mm, nonsensical. Yes, yes. What I want the opposition to do is that. They should sit down and review, you know, the uh, the security strategy of uh, uh, Governor Mutfang. I read a statement today credited to one Reverend Father George Bardi. I think so. A very lengthy, you know, interesting uh, uh, essay. Very, very interesting because he was challenging Governor Mutfang to say what we don't want, what we want is solutions. We don't want urgent security meetings. We don't want emergency security meetings. Of course, security meetings has to be emergency, a matter of emergency. And that is what, you know, uh, the right of the right of said instead of, you know, security. But if you look at what this group is saying that, no, uh, they were trying to bring argument and even tying it to former Governor Jang and things like that. When I read, I say, oh, my God. I think that we should focus on what's going on in Mango and how the APC can close ranks to see that, uh, or how Plato can close ranks to see that uh, everybody brings wears his own thinking hat and brings solution to the table. That is what we want. We don't want how much is the debt profile. I mean, whether it's three billion, three hundred billion, whether it's one nera, whether it's one kobo, it shows that we have a debt. And as far as you know, Plato is concerned, that debt has has to be, has paid. To be paid, even if not by Governor Mutfang. Maybe uh, the debt is going to outlive his tenure, but that debt has to be paid. So it's a matter of constant. And it shows that people need to understand priority when it comes to governance. The issue of debt, you know, servicing, definitely that one is a must. You must service, you know, the debt. But how about human lives? You know, you can always make, get back money. But if a life is gone, it's gone. So, I mean, bringing this whole argument, bringing this whole debate in the public space, I don't think that that is sensitive. And that is why I use the term nonsensical, uh, because I, 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 what I want or what should happen is that groups in Plato should start saying, OK, uh, let's close ranks, you know, unity. Let's see how we can raise support. Let's see how we can empathize with the people going through hurt and pain at this, you know, very trying moment. Before before he won the election, there was something he did remarkably. And if only they can borrow a leaf from there, I think they would make a fantastic statement. You remember the transport initiative you yeah. know, that he in- introduced during the campaigns and even after he won the election, that transport um, scheme was still afloat. So if practically the opposition can take steps, mm. you know, to help cushion the difficulty that these individuals have found themselves because there are people displaced. People aren't living in their homes. Certain people, I was in Mango and you could see destroyed homes. Not even a needle was picked because people just wanted to survive. They wanted to live lives or their life as the case may be. So, Take practical measures, and then you can hit or make a statement to the ruling party in that state, not just like we were saying earlier, to demonstrate the height of insensitivity by putting up rebuttals, you know, talking about who cares. I mean, 
who without human lives who gets to pay the debts or who gets who gets to even enjoy the monies yeah. so these are the tangent tangent issues that they're supposed to focus their energies right now yeah. upon Let's play this international chairman of the uh, ruling All Progressives Congress, uh, Abdullah Adamu, saying that he doesn't have any misunderstanding with uh, President Tinubu. When we come back, like I said, two erudite guests will help us to understand. Uh, I mean, we have a question uh, on our social media, a very interesting question, and here's it. Do you think legislation will help in dealing with the insecurity bedeviling part of Planto State? Uh, that is a question. When we come back, show will continue. Stay here. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you and to share our thoughts with fellow Nigerians. As far as we are concerned, as a National Working Committee and with the privileged position of being the chairman of the National Working Committee, or Party, we made very simple statement when we were informed, not by the Senate itself or House of Representatives, that they had conducted their nomination for the principal officers of the two chambers. Now, we have been misrepresented since that incident, since the inter interview or since the meeting I had with the uh, executive governors of the ruling party, who call progressive governors. Misrepresented because we did not discuss the election or nomination of the principal officers. What was in contention was the way and manner it was handled by way of communication to the public. One, they were supposed to report first to the National Working Committee, my office, if they had some preferences. Over and above that, once we are in possession of certain canvassed positions with regards to the national, these uh, principal officers, we will, as a National Working Committee, get to both chambers to say the position of the party is hereby given to you A, B, C, D. Now, instead of them getting it from us at the end of the day, we ended up getting it from them. So they reversed the role for the presentation to the public as to what is or what represents the leadership of the APC in those two chambers. That was just it. And we faulted their doing so in all sincerity and without any prejudices whatsoever. I have been privileged to be a member of the Senate of the Federal Party for 11 years. I was in my 12th year when I, I was nominated convention to become the, the chairman of the ruling party. And we have standard procedures for doing these things. And when it was faulted, we expected that we will get a fair representation as to what actually has happened. Instead of that, we had fault finding, or I said, I was quoted to say the things I didn't say. Didn't say I was challenging, you know, how they got elected or how they got nominated by their colleagues. It was simply that of the fact that the standing practice is that we will communicate to the leadership of the of both chambers who had emerged, right? So that's why they are called, a, you know, a leader in the chamber or deputy leader in the chamber or two officers that will work under the elected chair and deputy chair of the Senate or President, Senator, and the deputy president, Senator, president. This was not the case. Now, because of the way we were reported in the meeting that we held with the executive governors of states, the misrepresentation traveled further and faster than we could uh, ever imagine. But a day or two after that, I had opportunity to meet with the president, commander-in-chief, President Nola Tinebu, G7 
car and I did share with him what, what transacted with me and uh, I mean my me members, my colleagues of the National Working Committee and what exactly happened when the governor visited and then we discussed it over and uh, that was just it. When I came out of the villa, I issued a statement and I have not changed my words since I, issued, I made the statement to it. And I see that the, the matters have been arrested and we're enjoying very good relationship with the National Assembly, both chambers of the National Assembly. And there's nothing in contention at this point in time anymore. Somehow, there are those who are very interested in carrying on and on and on and making capital out of, you know, of the issues that uh, were discussed. What to say, I, I, I think while I appreciate the rights of Nigerians, uh, no matter their calling to take interest in what is happening with the National Assembly, the fact remains that let us not give so much precedence to misrepresentation. You know, let's limit ourselves to what exactly is happening, what we've seen, what we've had. So that was just what happened I, as far as I'm concerned. But for this question, it's over as far as we're concerned, the National Working Committee and the Secretariat of the uh, AP. Yeah, we're well, glad you're still here. The program is Niger at Sunset on JFM 101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Panak. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. We have two guests. Uh, we have uh, Barrister Chasil Drankard is here with us. Good, good evening. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you, Ponsak and Gilbert. Good evening, listeners. <laughs> Well, of course, you know my admiration and my bias, you know, uh, and uh, I'm not shy to say that I admire, you know, the next guest I'm going to introduce and I have a bias, you know, for him uh, and soft spot, I would say. Uh, his name is Honorable Ambassador Gabriel uh, Dewan Kudangbena. He's here. He's the member representing Pangshin North State Constituency on the platform of the YPP, Young Progressives Party. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. Good evening, Professor. Good evening, Gilbert. Good evening, Plato. Well, it's good to have you. My pleasure. Well, uh, let me start with you, uh, Honorable. I mean, the insecurity situation, security situation in Plato State, I know that you don't, you're not happy, you're not excited. In fact, now looking at your face, it shows that it's something that, you know, is dealing with you internally. But using your own words, how does it make you feel, you know, in your own words? And, yeah. Well... As a representative of the people, any rational thinker should know that what is happening on the plateau is a thing of concern to every citizen of plateau. Mm. Personally, I don't cherish it when they always start it, killing in Mongo or Riyam or Biladi. This is plateau affair. Plateau affair in the sense that there are Angas people in Mongo, mm-hmm. there are Taroks in Mongo. There are Igbos in Mungu. There are different tribes in Mungu. And these terrorists, when they attack, they don't care to ask whoever you are. They kill everybody. Therefore, I want every plateau son and daughter to realize that this is a war against plateau. Mind you, it didn't start from Mungu. Riom, Barkinladi, Basa, just south. So many other local government because but they have shared all this kind of scenario up till this moment. If you have not forgotten, two days ago, eight people were brutally killed at Farilamba here in just south. Mm. So you should realize this is a plateau issue. So as a legislature, as a representative of the people, I will tell you that I'm not happy and I'm very sad with the happiness in Mungu. 
and my goal is for plat people to come together as one entity mm. if you are in shendam you are in basa if you have the capacity to assist to put this thing to stop please we should come together and fight this common enemy headlong the earlier the better for us before we wake up one day and realize that we are no more on the plateau well, I like your uh, spirit that is not plateau and is not mango is not just meant for mangaful people is for everybody well barrister chasil the same issue i mean how does it make you feel yeah it's quite a very sad development especially coming at the heels of uh, people plateau people looking up to the dividends of democracy under the new government uh it constitutes a very sad moment and a big distraction to the act of governance currently the state is at a standstill with civil servants being on strike efforts is on on the way to resolve the strike the lingering issues that led to the strike so that normal gov- uh, biz- uh, business of governance will, will kick start basically that is what plateau people look up to suddenly this dastardly destruction uh well i want to believe like uh, the honorable said it's a plateau issue maybe mangu is just the the name of the the scene location. where the location where the 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 act is happening now it had been other places like we said it had been basa mango axis it had been riom it had so it means it's a well planned uh and synchronized attack is a siege on the entire state since it cannot take place simultaneously i think the plan is that it takes place sporadically and at intervals so it's a challenge not only for security it's a challenge to every plateau person is a challenge to every resident on the plateau it's a challenge where our security consciousness must be reawoken and um uh communication basic communication must be uh, developed in the sense that if you see something say something if you see a movement report the movement since um the attackers generally it's believed belong to a particular ethnic stack what therefore it means is that where two or more of them are gathered let there be a security i watch on 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 them uh it's quite unfortunate lives are being lost with a uh, reckless impunity mm-hmm. it's quite unfortunate but of course i've always said the security can never be everywhere you don't expect if not if not the security challenges we used to know that the military are found in their barracks and the only way time they step out of the barracks is where there is a threat on the territorial integrity or territorial boundary of this country but today has it is almost on a daily basis you 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 come across checkpoints you come across security people walking outside the barracks which is not actually the the, the case uh way out we're going to talk about that well uh, honorable dewan uh, let me come back to you 
two of your senior colleagues, if I say senior uh, lawmakers at the federal level, yeah. uh, one, uh, uh, Senator Evian Bali, he said that, uh, that these attacks are politically motivated. I mean, on national TVs uh, recently. And Honorable Dachu Musa Bagos, member of Zetinjo South, just East, came out to say that people should defend themselves. That is constitutional. Is there any balance, you know, you find? Uh, do you agree with Senator Avian Bali? And uh, will you uh, add your voice to what Honorable Bagos, you know, is saying that people uh, shall, you know, defend themselves? I mean, he was just re-echoing what uh, the uh, General T.Y. Uh, Danjuma said, you know, said some years ago. Yeah. Well, let me start with the position of distinguished Senator Bali. You know we're in Nigeria, there's freedom of speech and expression. And we're talking about security here. You should not forget that uh, Eviambali is a retired top-ranking uh, military officer who rose to the rank of Air Vice Marshal. And we're talking about security situation. It's possible there are some information or some uh, security information in its own disposal that not everybody would definitely have because, as I said, we're in, in a free world. Mm. Everybody has his own source. Mm. But he may not be wrong, considering the situation in Mongo. If you follow the, uh, the scene very well, Mongo becomes so massively attacked after the election. So if you look at it in that aspect, he may not be uh, wrong to say it's politically motivated because he may have his own reason. I don't want to speak on his behalf, but mm-hmm. if you look at it in that angle critically, one may be forced to agree with him. But as I earlier said, he is a, a, a retired-ranking military personnel. He may have some information that myself and you would not be in position. So I would not like to dwell on yeah. that too much. Mm-hmm. On the part of my boss and a young man that I admire so much, Honorable Dachungba, because it's one legislature that I always admired because of his uh, proactiveness and pro plateau spirit, I endorse his statement in totality because it's constitutional in the sense that there is self-defense in Nigerian constitution. And when we talk of self-defense, if you look at what is happening, the narrative out there is different from what is happening. They come overnight, kill our people, burn houses, chase them out of their houses, but the message out there is that a clash between herdsmen and farmers. And some of us beg to ask, when, where, how? Have, we, have our people ever clash with this bandit? For us, what we believe is that when they say this clash, maybe there's, maybe our people are going to farm and you are coming and we meet somewhere hmm. and we'll start and maybe overpower us, overpower you, then it become a clash. But it's situation about someone is sleeping. You come and kill them while the media out there are reporting that this clash is. This is a media house. I want you people have a critical role to play in making people out there to know what is really happening on the plateau. Hmm. So for me, the situation on the plateau need nothing but self-defense. Everybody should rise up, including myself and you. I cannot see someone coming to kill me, and I will just hold my arms for him to kill me. Where will, I, where will you even see me to even tell you the story? Hmm. So definitely self-defense is the best way out as it stands now. Anybody that has any means should stand up and defend himself and his land and his community. So I endorse that statement from Bagos in totality. All right. Okay, All right, Sir Junkat, two things quickly. First, the legality of self-defense. Because there's, there was an analogy, an analogy we, we got hold of 
in this studio yesterday. Assuming you're about to defend yourself or you're about to come to the rescue of your neighbor who's been attacked, and the attacker gets to escape, and in that scenario, the security agencies arrive and you're caught up with an arm, it means that you could be branded a criminal, and that stands because you can't prove there was an attacker. That's just an instance. But I want you to shed some light on the constitutionality of self-defense and as well as the issue of communication you earlier spoke about. You said people have to speak. People have been speaking, and you would have been privy to certain WhatsApp messages going around in the form of rumors to say. And then these places end up getting attacked following the viral messages that have been spread prior. I mean, how do we connect this? Is it an issue of communication or intelligence gathering or proactiveness in order to stem the tide of these attacks? Yeah, um, Gilbert. When you are faced with such situations... There are many questions to ask. One of those questions is, when you say farmers headers clash, where, did, where, where and when did the clash take place? Farmers farm in the daytime. Headers uh, rear their cattle in the daytime. But these killings do not take place in the daytime. It takes place at night. And once it takes place, you do not see the headsmen around there. They never come to graze there. Meanwhile, farmers who are the landowners have been displaced. For fear of their lives, they have been displaced. They, 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 they would vacate the, the, the area. So if it's a clash, is it a clash? The next question, is it a clash of the ownership of the land? Or it's a clash to displace the owner of the land temporarily because it's a rainy season so that animals will graze and humans will not farm? You ask so many pertinent questions. The more the questions... And the answers you extract would give you an inroad into how to approach this issue. The truth of the matter is that it is no farmer headers clash. We would interrogate two things. An attempt to forcefully take over land, abbots. For the suspectedly, for the advantage it gives, it confers onto the attacker. There are places that such conflicts will never take place because it is almost barren, it is unproductive, there are no mineral resources. Now, so when you interrogate properly, you would come, you would narrow the conclusions. You would see the modus operandi of the attackers. You would see the challenges the security are having. You would see whether they are being proactive or not. You would see whether 
the intelligence gathering it's it's um appreciable so you're saying basically it's not even about grazing land it could be as a result of the mineral resources on the ground i didn't say that okay. i said it could be an attempt to displace the aborigines the landowners because the land confers grazing advantage to the attacker or the land is endowed with minerals that the attacker wants to take a permanent abort and tap into. Because it's happening in Zamfara, where we know there's gold. So the motive of such attacks is always not divorced from the immediate interest of the attacker. That is why I say areas where you do not find such good grazing areas, uh, places, or there is not even endowed with mineral resources, you don't hear such attacks taking place there. Now, the next thing we, go, we, we interrogate is, the first duty of any government, constitutionally, is to safeguard the lives and properties of citizens. If over time, the, this guarantee is not there, the only option left is for the citizens to to um, um, to defend themselves. defend themselves. A senior citizen, General T, a revert senior citizen, had said it. The Constitution does not deny you the right to defend yourself. If you do not defend yourself, you are waiting for the army to mobilize or the security to mobilize either from Jaws or to get to the spot. Of course, the attackers would have had a field day and they would have fled the scene. So, you fail to defend yourself. Your people have been killed. Maybe your entire family wiped out. Is that when you would now think of defending yourself? Citizens certainly have the right to defend themselves. The weapons in question are in categories. There are assault rifles, which is completely prohibited. There are other, other uh, uh, um, uh, uh, approved or acceptable. You just have to follow the procedure of how to get them. Because licenses are being are being given, yeah. so let it be. Let it be that issuance of license of control weapons be given, because people are capable of defending themselves too. Okay, honourable, can you people at the House of Assembly look at the legislation towards this direction, and again? You know, Pasak asked you about the responses of your colleagues at the federal level. Honorable Dickert Plan was on national TV himself. And there seems Senator. to be... Uh, <laughs> Senator <laughs> Dickert Plan was on national TV. And there seems to be some disagreement in the language, you know, that the state governor has used in the way that Bag, Honorable Bagos has, has spoken about this and in the way that Senator Avian Bali has also spoken about this. And it's generating so much backlash... Where can Plateau elite agree that this is the way to call this issue? And then from there, move on to look at how to tackle it. You see, we are talking about security issue here. One of the major problems with Plateau security issues is that everybody is playing political uh, correctness. And we always get it wrong. 
when we see security situation of plateau on political lines. Like we in the House of Assembly, we have a policy that as soon as you crossed the assembly gate, party stop. We discuss plateau. And that's exactly how I want all the stakeholders and citizens of plateau to look at the security situation of plateau. Mm. When we come to security, we should bury our political parties' differences. Whatsoever interest you are, you, are, you, are, you are defending, whatsoever political platform you are under, we should bury it and look at how can we put heads together to curtail this insecurity challenge on the plateau. On the part of the legislation we are talking about, for me and my colleagues, even before we were sworn in, we have make a resolve which we are going to push. One, I have always said it, and I will repeat it here. For me as a person, this is my personal opinion. I don't know the work of Air Force in Nigeria. Sorry to say this, but I will say it and I will continue to say it anyway. I don't know the work of Air Force in Nigeria because during our elementary school, we are made to believe that Air Force are trained to fight on air. Yeah. We have wasted Nigerian uh, taxpayers' money on buy, buying fighter jets. But to the best of my knowledge, I have never recorded a situation whereby Air Force used those fighter jets to counter terrorists or to bomb terrorists. We're we talking about terrorists who are working on bikes, on motorcycles, in group to attack people. Mm. At the end of the day, sometimes I pity the land army and the police because these bandits, since they're working on bike, for me as a person, I believe that Air Force could have been the best security outfit to use to bombard these terrorists. Since they're working in group, what is the work of the fighter jet? It's a matter of using satellite and uh, intelligence gathering track them and bombard them. It's as simple as that because these are people who have declared war against Nigeria. I don't know why we're handling them with hang up. But do you know why I'm not surprised about the plateau issue? If you have been to Meduguri, you know how Meduguri is. A very flat land, but these terrorists operate there successfully without the uh, resistance of the Air Force. So for me, if you go to Mungu today, there is Air Force outpost. I don't know how did they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go to Sabungari, where they attacked recently, mm-hmm. if you look at the meters away from the checkpoint, it's not far away. That is why we are the House of Assembly. Myself, I have raised a motion, and we are trying to push that. We need indigenous security outfits. The reviving of Operation Rumble is very important for us as legislators of Plateau. Important of our local hunters and vigilante is very important because we have come to realize that nobody, and I repeat, nobody will defend our land so passionately like we ourselves. So one operation rumble where is predominantly indigenous plateau youth and people. No matter how careless you are, you cannot compromise the security of your land for anything on this earth that we believe. Therefore, our own at the part of legislation is that to collaborate with the executive to see reasons why we should revive Operation Rainbow. For me, as a person, I don't mind if Plateau State Government will cease anything developmental for first two, three years of his administration to fight this insecurity headlong because there's not any development without security. Let's all face the security. All our budget, our strength should be channeled on the security by reviving all those security. I talk about the operation board, the local vigilante, the hunters. Empower them, encourage them, place them on monthly salaries so that even with the conventional securities, one is situation whereby they will be mixed up. If there are 10 security men, maybe three operation rumble, 
two hunters, two vigilante, then two army, one mobile police, ten of them. Even if one or two we want to compromise, the majority will not compromise because of the passion they have for the land. Because if you go and pack, if you pack the entire soldiers in Nigeria, maybe some are from Kogi, some are from Kwara, some are from Lagos, and bring them to Mongo, to Plateau, as we are talking about. They don't know the terrain of Plateau. They don't know the exit and the entrance of our villages. That's where these terrorists attack and go back safely. Sometimes the, the script will tell that they're waiting for order from above. And I and you know that the executive governor don't have power over the, the armies and the police. Yeah. We have a situation whereby the, 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 the governors may like, may call the GOC or the CP, they may even snub their calls because they are waiting for command from above. Yeah. We are for pressure. Yeah, well, on top of that, Honorable uh, Dewan, let's talk about uh, you, you talked, you know, efforts uh, that you do. I know that it's out of frustration, you know. Yes. Uh, you're frustrated and, you know, you're asking questions. I do understand that. But recently something happened to you in Panyam. Would you like to tell us about it? I learned that, you know, the youth were very angry. They were frustrated and they couldn't even recognize, you know, your person. Uh, I mean, talk to us about it. Well, it was on Friday. What happened to me on Panyam is very unfortunate. But as a public servant and as a legislature, I take that as part of the price okay. we will pay as public servants. Mm-hmm. You know why? I was not a target. I just fall a victim of circumstance. Okay. Because the situation of, I found in Panyam that very day is a situation that any they were out for all of us, the, uh, the government officials, because they felt we are not doing enough to safeguard them. Oh. Because I arrived in Panyam around some minutes past 12. In a broad daylight, I left just around 11. I arrived at all the road were blocked and the youth were protesting. Unknowingly to me that there was an attack that very morning. Oh, a very morning, not even in the night, as yeah. the barrister said, they attacked that community in the morning. So the youth were very angry. So when I came, the road was blocked and they asked, who are we? I asked, I was on call. My mm. driver came down. They said they want to sell our boot. My driver dropped down to open the boot. But they started stoning the driver because I was on a Hilux car. Someone, one of them said, this is Hilux. It must be a government official. We should burn the car. So on hearing of that such thing, I dropped down from the car and I introduced myself to them. Ironically, I was in Panyam just a few days before, before the incident. Before. Myself and Golden, we went and donated with material. And all of them knows me. So I dropped down to introduce myself to them. I'm a serving member. I never knew that introducing myself would trigger more problem. Mm-mm. As I just introduced myself, they said, it is you people we are looking for. We elected you, you went to just busy enjoying yourself, and you allowed us at the mercy of God. And as I said, I reasoned with them, because they feel we are not doing enough. And I take that as part of the price we will pay as public servants. It's very unfortunate. They will not understand that we are just lawmakers, and we are not even up to a moon in the office. We, we, we have nothing to do than to come up with some of these uh, resolutions and bills. I'm talking about the Obuchon Rainbow, Vigilante, and this. So for me, what happened in Panyam can happen to any public servant, and those are some of the prices we pay as public uh, officials. That's why I'm appealing to everybody, because I have gone to social... I don't even know when that incident was took to social media, because immediately after the incident, I was stunned, I was slapped. They poked a lot of things on me, but I took it as part of the sacrifice. The only thing I did was, after I was rescued from this issue, I called my colleague, who represent that very constituency, Sunny Golden, immediately I told him, this is what 
experience from your youth. Mm. The same youth that we visited with you a few days ago, but mm. talk to them because the emulation was so, so much on me. That was the end of the story because this is a fragile situation. Don't want it to escalate. Escalating. I never knew there were some people passing. They saw what happened. They know me. And some of them who, who, who humiliated were the same people that go to media and start posting that what happens to me, they are not happy, blah, blah. And for me, I was even angry because I never wanted it to That's go to media yeah. because misinterpretation. Yeah. That was why I have to come up with mm. the call for calm on my Facebook time. Thank you. Thank, I mean, thank, you. Yeah. thank you for uh, clearing the air there. 0812187777 or you call 0905566699. We have uh, Honorable Ambassador Dewan, Gabriel Dewan Kudambena, the uh, member representing Pangshing North State Constituency on the platform of the YPP and Barrister Chasil Drankard. You can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you, Gilbert. On Facebook at JFM Life and on Twitter we're at JFM Joss. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. My name is Awoka. I'm calling from Ngorogu. Thank you, Abakar. We're listening to you, sir. I have two questions for your guest. Go ahead, sir. My question is that why always during PDP time all this uh, crisis is coming up? Why? Why always during PDP time? This is one question. And again, why Mongu at this point in time, despite the fact the governor of the of the of the state is coming from that end? And again, I want to ask uh, the, the last question is that please can you just tell me in the constitution where does it uh, the provision size the, the, the section in the constitution the provision for self defense and what kind of weapon are we talking about? Yeah, but so, yeah, for me, for me, this is the question. Let me, let me, let me. Yeah. Hello. Abakar, hello. Okay, uh, we lost connection with Abakar there. But let me answer your question. When Basa happened, uh, Chifdom, was it during the PDP time? You know, I don't want for us to, I don't want to even, you know, go there because uh, I've covered, you know, these places and it brings a lot of painful and hurtful memories uh, to me. It's not political, you know, this is just uh, carnage and evil, pure evil. That is what it is. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you very much. My name is Sadi Kumar. I'm calling from Chicha and Chi Junction. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you. Yes, I want to comment your guests. They have spoken very, very well. And actually, you see, this issue of insecurity is something that is overwhelming the uh, state in life. Seeing the kind of kind of attack that we are having in Plateau State. But the guests have spoken very, very well. And he, with his experience, I think uh, the issue of insecurity is not left for the governor only. The House of Representative members and the local governments and other those that are involved representing that constituency that have been attacked, I think they have to come uh, together so that they bring out the problem. And it's not that uh, when an attack happens, we just hear it and the government will just bring out a statement and it will just pass like that. It has to go beyond that because if there's no any investigation and there is no punishment according to that attack, I think it's going to influence another one. So we are calling on the uh, state government and even the people at the co- communities. We should look at this thing that is happening. This attack is not only in Plateau State, but we have to unite 
the indigenous population say before they will find out who are those uh, marauders that are coming to their need to cause a problem. So this is a, a serious problem that all hands must be on deck because Plateau State has been experiencing peace for a very long time. So we are now hoping that the politician will politicize the issue and it will lead to the death of many people. So it's very, very disturbing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Gilbert, take us through social media. Alphonsus Ogerowo says if the legislation establishes a law um, that forms a framework for arming the indigents to defend themselves and their land and chase out these marauding criminals, then it is good. Isha Kuzumji says, Certainly the legislators have a critical role in bringing up laws that will help improve the security situation that has continued to be devilous in Plateau. God bless Honorable Chief Dewan. Sunday Evi says, I think all military checkpoints should be removed in all our rural communities and deploy mobile police because the military have been compromised along different lines. Felku Kagoan says, in the house, especially, okay, good evening to the two guests. Uh, um, it's unfortunate some legislators are poisoning our communities with inciting words that can cause more problems. I don't think some of them can help solve it. Dimas Bala says, yes, they can. They can sponsor bills to help governors have their own security outfits or state police. Comrade Beatrice says this is not the duty of one arm of the government. There has to be a joint effort of the three tiers of government together with the security arm to fish out these bad eggs. Baturi David says maintenance of law and order is one of the primary responsibilities of the government, uh, especially the executive arm, the legislative arm of government. Do not deploy and command security. The two arms can only synergize in this critical time. Azai Sam says... Only a government of laws and not of men can stem the tide of insecurity. Nigeria needs a brand new constitution, devolution of powers to states. <laughs> Albert Dagza says, the legislators can only propose possible solutions to the insecurity in the nation at large, but the bulk of the efficacy lies on the chief executive, especially the CNC, to implement. Good evening. Ponsak? Too many comments, but we're out of time. Yeah, well, plenty comments there. Let's uh, take phone calls. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name, please. Thank you very much for the and Joseph Gilbert. This great comment. I don't want to be Solomon calling from Anguarukuba. We're listening. Thanks for calling. I want to appreciate the two guests. They have spoken very, very well. I'm sorry for one of your guests who encountered some of the challenges along the way. Sorry, sir. Thank you, my brother. Uh, you see... The problem we have here in this country is that uh, the government has never been sincere to the masses and the citizens. This is the same government who says that they have procured many Tokuna jets to fight terrorism. Where are they using those Tokuna jets? Is the one that the president is not a lack of terrorism? Are they not criminal? If you have of the government which have been that there should be uh, what do you call it? Dialogue, dialogue. How can you dialogue with the terror, with the with criminals who kill lives? So, Pastor, what I'm trying to say here is that I am not in support of any coffee, Pastor. The immediate part of you now, even present coffee, I don't impose coffee on the on the victims or on the terrorists. Now, they, who, who, who will defend the, the residents in the, in the locality, within the locality of Mangu local government? That's what I'm meaning. In the remote area and the, the rural areas, are they supposed to okay for them to reach there to take to to, to, to protect to defend this set of people? You can see the people on, on the on the street on the main road. Why can't they go to the Nigerian army? Let them, let them go to the bush and warn these terrorists. They are terrorists. So I allow myself with Honorable Dashi Mutabagos for that. 
They do it. They say that they should, should rise up and have whatever they will have to defend themselves. They should have all what they have to go. If they see any terror, they let them kill them. They are no good human beings. I guess that's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling. Well, gentlemen, please uh, give your response, uh, Barrister Chasil. Uh, give your response and your final word. Well, uh, let me first... Uh, I wouldn't dignify the first caller with a response because the truth of the matter is that I think he's a terrorist. Simple. No, 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 no. I, I think... I think... think yeah. I think... He's a terrorist. Well, why we we, why we, we, would I think he is a terrorist? Because he is <laughs> candidly justifying the attack. Because according to him, the law does not prohibit. Now, but for sure. anybody, for anybody who is sympathetic to anything happening, you cannot make an opening remark by talking of a political party. It had happened in the PDP days. It has happened in the APC days. It's still an APC-controlled federal government, APC-controlled security nationwide. So what is he even talking about? No, but we now, should. Now, no, you, you have to come hard on such people because they encourage such things. They encourage such uh, um, uh, uh, bad behaviors in the society. So like I said, I think... Well, maybe he's a it's terrorist my, sympathizer, it's, I, but you know, he's because not a you can't yeah. stop me from thinking. Yeah, well, good. If I, if that is my thought, then sure. on a final note, mm. on a final note, the truth of the matter is that we need a different approach, which must be robust, and the speed of intervention must improve. Here is a simple issue: when you watch films. It is not make believe. The the time the the time of intervention arrival of security at any point of crime in other climes, it's unbelievable. Faster than almost as fast as lightning. Can't we have helipads? Can't we have helicopters nationwide, especially in the flash areas? If plat- like in Plateau, how long will it take a helicopter with all modern gadgets to go to locate a scene and then hover around and give these uh, attackers a chase? At least it tells where they are and how they move. If they came on bikes, certainly they would have parked, parked the bikes somewhere. So, I mean, the truth of the matter is that we need better and highly improved uh, um, approach, whether to be backed by legislation or to zonalize the security structure, architecture in this country in order to bring this to. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Well, Honorable Dewan, your final comment. Just in uh, one minute. Well, uh, all I have to say now is... One, Plateau citizen and Plateau resident should be united as one entity. I condemn this particular statement where they always talk it. Mogovol or Mangu or Biram also. This is Plateau. That is very important. Secondly, I want all Plateau stakeholders caught across political party. All our retired army general, retired security personnel, to all come together and put heads together. 
to safeguard plateau for the common good of the plateau. Everybody should bring his own experience, being it retired military, police, air force. Let's all come together and realize that we are talking about plateau, not about PDP, APC, YPP, or whatnot. Lastly, the youths of the plateau, whose our future is in danger with the happiness. We should all desist from all this social media instigation about the happiness because we are politicizing the, 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 what is happening on the plateau on social media. And our enemies are laughing at us because some of them, they have their own informats who are following all the divides comments on the social media. Mm. I would advise that plateau state government should, as a matter of urgency, set a means of checkmating the excesses of plateau citizens on social media, especially when it has to do with security uh, issues. There are some comments on social media that need to be checkmated because we're instigating more problems to us. Thank you. We'll come together and by God's grace, with the help of God, we come to an end of this minute. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Ambassador Gabriel Dewan. Kudang Bena, thank you very much. Thank you, Barrister Chasil Drankat, uh, Gilbert Joseph. Well, no time. Thank you. Have a good evening. The news will come your way above the hour, six o'clock by now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 